Welcome to Technado. Welcome to another episode of Technado. I'm your host, Sophie Goodwin, and I am very, very excited about this episode because I did a whole lot of research leading up to this one, and we're going to cover some fun stuff today. But we'll get into all that later. Uh, happy 4th for those of you that celebrate it because this will air after the 4th, I think. To my left is Mr. Anthony Sequeira filling in for Don once again. How yes, are you, indeed. In the Don chair, feeling very intelligent and, uh, yeah, great. Uh, two Technados in a row. I'm thrilled about that. Awesome. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah. I'm glad you guys you're have through. done 700 in a row. <laughs> got two in a row. Hey man, I'm that. I'm in your corner here. This uh. is I'm still learning, so so I totally get you. And of course, Daniel. That would be me. He requires no introduction, so I don't give him one. No. And you you know who he is. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you for that, Daniel. The Appreciate most non-introduction I... introduction that has ever happened on Technia. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate your help on that one. They Thank you me, for pushing they me, me along. Change the table, someone help me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, we got some really fun stuff that I think we're going to be covering today. I think it's fun. I think it's interesting. Well, maybe not fun for the people involved in the story. It's fun for me. So, though. well, you know, give give the good folks out there a little little context, right? Is Don is away, and the mice will play. Yeah, so, yeah. like dad's out of town. So right. So uh, <laughs> Sophia and I got to pick the articles this week. Yes, <laughs> like full on. Yeah, and we were like. Hey, let's just do things that interest us. <laughs> we have some fun. I'm with sure this we'll one. never get the reins again because of this. But we're just hey. gonna ask forgiveness instead of permission. That's it. That's it. So we're gonna jump right in. We've got some fun uh, tech news during the first half of the show today. We'll start with a segment called Behind Bars. Break the law. Yeah, break the law. So <laughs> we're gonna start with this story from the Hacker News and Crowchast. EncroChat bust leads to 6,558 criminals arrests and 900 million euro seizures. So the bust itself happened back in, I believe, 2020. But just now we're getting all the numbers of this stuff. So there's this whole list in this article of like all the suspects, um, the total years of imprisonment, the total cash that was confiscated, and a lot of drugs. Are we surprised? No, we're not. Because EncroChat EncroChat's mainly used what? For like organized crime? So it was funny. I Yeah, you, you kind of like... I hear about these things. I'm like, what What exactly is EncroChat's business? Let me, real, let me make sure that I get it straight from them, uh, which I couldn't do. So I went to Wikipedia, and I'm sure that's the best source possible. Sure. Uh, and, and, and Wikipedia says, EncroChat was a Europe-based communications network and service provider that offered modified smartphones, allowing encrypted communications among subscribers. I'm like, well, that sounds cool. I mean, that's I'm huge. Encryption's good. Privacy good. Right. It was primarily used by organized crime members to plan criminal activities. Well, there's that. And then one might make the argument, and I think that argument has been made, that EncroChat was developed specifically for organized crime, for criminal activity. Maybe not organized crime, but for criminal activity. They're like, hey, you know, there's a whole market out there of people that probably don't want their uh, communications easily tapped upon, snooped upon, maybe maybe we should create a business model based off of that. And I feel with this lovely article that we have announcing all that was seized from them, that that might, there's a strong case to be made that that's exactly what EncroChat was all about, mm. was yeah. trying to service that specific market. Uh, because yes, as we see, there were 6,658 arrests I mean, that's enough for how many prisons, <laughs> right, just for this. Uh, we've got 900 million in euros. So that is 
It's close oh. to a billion in, in right. Are, have we not passed the billion it's, mark? It's, like, nine, I, it's about nine hundred. I don't know where the exchange rate is at this point. It's about nine hundred eighty million dollars as of right now. Right. So we're we're creeping up on a billion dollar business, or or, or at least in illicit funds. Mm-hmm. We've got two hundred and seventy point two tons of drugs. 971 vehicles. We, we, we've got a fleet times 10 of Fleets, vehicles. Yes, it's of just yeah. crazy. 83 boats. Right? Some of those boats. 40 sure, planes. Really nice. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, 40 planes. That's great. Now, to me, what's interesting about this, well, yes, I mean, obviously these statistics are insane of how much illicit activities are were going on, and EncroChat was kind of servicing those. Uh, and because law enforcement was able to breach that network and and gain access to it and discover all this, they were obviously able to take down quite a few things. But EncroChat, I think, points out the fact that a tool is a tool, right? And it's intent that makes it good or bad, right? The, the tool is never good. It's the intent behind the use of it that is good or bad. Because encryption, as we know, yeah. is good. Encrypted communications are good if you're using it for the purposes of safety Mm. of non-illicit things, right? So we uh, we look at things like encrypted email systems and encrypted text messages and encrypted cell phone communications. Man, I'm I'm down with that. I want that. I want my stuff to be secured and safe. I don't want people eavesdropping in on my conversations, not because I'm doing anything illegal, but because my privacy is my privacy. And uh, if I wanted the world to know, I'd put it on a blog post, which most people are happy to do. I'm not them, right? So I'm I'm really interested in something like that for myself, which is why you know you have Signal and Telegraph and all these other uh, systems for communication that allow for some level of encryption. And encryption is good. We use it every day in our our file systems. We use it every day to access websites. Right? You go to uh, HTTPS is what you want to go to, and not otherwise. Why are you trying to hide something? Well, yes, you are trying to hide something. Your credit card numbers. Your personal information that, if stolen, would be used to, you know, for various and sundry crimes, as we can see right here. Yeah. So, again, to me, that's what the most interesting thing about this was, was A, the amount of things that were bad that basically now got snuffed out and, and taken down, which is awesome. And the fact that the tool isn't the bad thing. It's the intent behind the use of it. That makes, right, yeah, right. You, you get the idea. Yeah. And Kurchak can't be blamed for the misuse of, of something that they've provided. Well, unless they, they were, were intending. intending. Right. If there was intent behind what they were, because it said they sold, the, you know, these phones, these encrypted phones sold for right. a thousand euros each, right? But right. if I'm just a regular guy that's like, I just want my communication protected for my own sake. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's fine, but if EncroChat's purposefully seeking out and targeting these organized crime rings or whatever and saying like, "Hey, we'll offer this product to you," then yeah, you're kind of complicit. Yeah, it's the same thing with like the NSO group out of Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that they, the Pegasus thing? They, right, they take a lot of flack because, and I think rightfully so, they seem to cater to a specific market where they say, "Oh, we're stopping terrorism," and it's like, "But yeah, but you're maybe you are stopping terrorism, but you also seem to be." helping authoritarian regimes mm. to basically spy on and oppress any opposition to their regime. Right. And it's like, how do you reconcile those two things? Yeah. If that is your intent and you're just saying that you're not, I, I, I don't know one way or the other. It definitely some interesting conversations <laughs> with the people that run that group um, in the, in the media. 
So go do your own research. But if that, if your intention is to do that and just lie about it, then you are a bad organization. Your intention is wrong, even though you provide a service that could be used for good things. Like you said, the the sheer amount of stuff that was seized, especially mm. like 30 million pills of chemical drugs, over 100 tons of cocaine. Anthony, you mentioned that you were surprised. We were talking before the show and you were surprised at how much cannabis. Yeah. 163 <laughs> tons of weed. Because it's like, because what, like, basically, well, it's it's legal in a lot of places. So why yeah, is there still a market and, for and, it? And in Europe, you know, it's I'm sure. I mean, look at Amsterdam; it's been legalized yeah. there for long before it was legal in the U.S. But it, yeah, it's interesting. It's still something that's illicitly sold. Um, the other thing I noticed, uh, and this must be because it's the only way they could do it. They were Android devices. Yeah. So so Apple devices wouldn't have allowed you know, the modifications that they made to these devices. Right, because Apple, they've got some really serious and stringent uh, like policies around what goes in their app store and yeah, how you exactly. interact with their, their yep, not, devices and things like that. Open. Yes. Um, for Better Call Saul fans, I'm sure you appreciated that <laughs> this was a right. Better Call Saul episode. Yeah, he was yeah. selling phones that were encrypted oh, did they to really? drug dealers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he actually gets a job in a cell phone store. He's at an all-time low. He's lost his uh, law license, and he's in the cell phone store, and he comes up with this idea. Oh, that's Let cool. me market to local criminals so that their calls are not snooped on. So, Except in this case, it was like it looks like national, international, like yeah. organized crime. Better call Saul yeah. on a massive scale yeah. outside of New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, uh, notice it led to the shutdown of some other encrypted services like Sky ECC and Anom were shut down. Anom was an anonymous chat uh, service. They intercepted 27 million messages exchanged between gang members. Yikes. Jeez. Wowzers. Now, that's it's, so it's interesting to me. It it seems like yeah, uh, that that's what I'm going to be interested in seeing in in the legal discourse because when it comes to the legality around this thing, right? If I make a service of a cell phone that offers anonymity, and you have to prove criminal intent that I am specifically marketing to this is how like cigarette companies got away with what they did for a long, long time is because it was difficult to prove intent. Yeah, and it wasn't until like whistleblowers and internal documents leaked. That said, we are specifically making like Joe Camel a cartoon to market to children, yeah. which is illegal. Okay, now we've got you with the smoke and gun per se, because we we've got you saying internally that we are doing something illegal for illegal purposes. I would wonder how if they can prove that in the court against EncroChat and Sky ECC and Anom. Is there any specific like? You know, hard evidence that shows them because if if I go, me and you go, hey, let's get together and let's make an encrypted uh, service for you know encrypted cell phone traffic. Yep, let's make a cool business and people are going to be safer because of it. And you know, criminals start using it in droves, which they will, right? Because that's what criminals do. They take advantage of any system they can to do criminal things because they're criminals and they don't care about the law. Do we go to jail or like do they shut our business down just because? It can be abused by criminals. That that's like if we never had intent to do that, that seems unfair to us. Yeah. Right? I'm looking up the can't remember the service name, but there's a service in AWS now where you can encrypt 
all of your, you know, communications yeah. with it. It's basically like API based where if you have a if you have a chat service that you've developed, this will encrypt it. And so again, yeah, you know, there's an AWS service that's publicly available for all and because they didn't market it to drug cartels, I yeah. guess that's why it's stood up there. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's good to start off with uh, a <laughs> yeah. the good old just criminal bust. I mean, it's great. You know, you like to see that kind of, like you said. Yeah, I'm glad they took bad, that. Bad guys off. behind bars, yeah. right? So it's, it's behind bars. It's almost like that's the name of the yeah, segment. It's weird. Crazy. It's like there's a reason for it. But we'll go ahead and move on to our next segment, Don't Make No Sense. What you talking about, Willis? I haven't heard that uh, that audio in a while with the uh. song, so it just it caught me by surprise. Anyway, this article comes to us from Tech Radar. Google wants devs to promise they won't abuse the new Chrome ad API. So there's a new API for targeted ads that can be abused. It's been confirmed. Like, well, you could do this and take advantage of it. But just pinky promise that you won't is basically what Google <laughs> Google is asking, right? So in my in my estimation, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Which would be why we chose it for this. Again, these segment topics seem to really like line up some. They're really re- they're really relevant. Yeah. 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 Anthony, so, what do you think about this thing? This was hilarious. I couldn't even believe what I was reading. You know, pinky promise. Yeah. You won't take advantage. <laughs> and and someone in the article saying, well, it's not a technical solution, but we're good. That that was my favorite thing. Like in the article, the guy says, "Let me see if I can find it here." How? Yeah, it's not a technical solution, but. We, we feel like it covers this, for the most part, we'll consider it closed yeah. as an issue yeah. <laughs> right now. So, Is that what you're going to do? It's just, yeah, we, we just trust you. Yeah, we threw a Band-Aid on it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're pouring out a pint of blood per minute, but <laughs> that Band-Aid's going to work. It's going to hold it together. So what exactly is it about this API? How can it be abused? Did they, they go into detail at all about? They talked about like a fingerprinting attack. Yeah, that could so lead to this? through this API, you can't. There, there was discovered after the fact. So like Google developed this API before the attack was discovered. Obviously, right? It's like the chicken can't come before the egg, or, or so on and so forth. Right. So um, once that was discovered, they were like, oh snap. Uh, well, we spent a lot of time and effort on this, and I really don't just want to chuck it to the fire. So here's what we'll do. We'll build a Band-Aid, right? The Band-Aid is, now that this is out there, and this fingerprint attack basically will allow an attacker to abuse this API to discover personal information like, who is this person? And and that's bad, right? That, that violates privacy, mm. and so... And, and through that, people always think, oh, what's the big deal if somebody gets my name and phone number? It's like, it's called identity theft. And it's like a real big issue, right? So if they, the more they know about you, the easier it is to do that. And then they, you know, steal money and use that to do horrible things. So uh, once they discovered this, they said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll just make like a, a sign-up process. So anybody that wants to use this API, if you're a developer out there developing on top of it, that's cool. You know, we don't take it away from you. You just sign up that you're going to be a part of this so you can't have access to it. And you are going to pinky swear that you will not abuse this. Unreal. Like Consider that? it closed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're done with this issue for now. We don't feel yeah. like dealing with this. So I guess as, as a developer, would there, be, other than just, I mean, I guess, would there be motivation to abuse it other than just... 
you're just being a turd and you're just like, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to take advantage of this. Like, would there be a genuine advantage to like, even if you didn't have malintent? Um, I'm sure there is. I'm like you say, I'm not a developer yeah, for sure. web applications. I'm sure there's plenty of, um, I don't actually know exactly what this actually, you know, API for Chrome. So, uh, designed, Oh, here it is designed to provide ads tailored to users preferences. Yep. Right. So that is the quote unquote advantage. Yeah to a developer who is building on top of this, I can now better advertise to my user base. I love the whole irony, right? The whole just, it doesn't make any sense. So this paragraph, the Topics API is part of the Google Privacy Sandbox that aims to maintain users' privacy while serving ads relevant to their interests. You know, So if, if, if I'm going to find out your interests... Then I just I violate literally have privacy. to. Right. I, I don't understand this idea of well, I understand the idea from a from a marketing standpoint for very focused ads. Yeah. Because the likelihood of someone clicking on the ad and purchasing through the ad, you know, the click-through rate, as it were, uh, is high. But as a consumer, like that doesn't like I I don't want you to know about enough about me to give exactly. me targeted ads. Yeah, exactly. That's a scary proposition to me as a person sitting on the other end of that spectrum and going, mm. so you're, you're just learning my habits and my data, like what I do. I, I remember I read an article about, um, I guess it was Google or somebody. I, I, I don't want to put a label on whoever it was, but the advertisement started coming through to this guy for pregnancy stuff. Like, yeah, like diapers, and he's like, "Why am I getting all this?" Come to find out, his seventeen-year-old daughter was pregnant. Oh, and it knew before they did that she was pregnant based off of her surfing habits. Yikes! Right, she was having weird cravings, and she was tired all the time. And the things that she was looking up about herself on his phone started giving him targeted ads, and they found. And then so she took a pregnancy test because it's it was like, "Why is it giving this?" And she took a pregnancy test to come out to find out she was pregnant. And she didn't. She didn't even know. Wow! But the the algorithm did, based off of what it was gleaning yes. about her and her surfing habits on his phone. So that kind of stuff scares me. Yeah. Right. That you would have that level of information about me that you'd be able to target me that much. I don't like that. Yeah. Right. So I don't want target ads. I was showing Sophia the other day. Right. Like. Go into Google. There is an area inside. If you have a Google account, which I'm sure you do, go in there. There's an area in your settings to shut off targeted advertisements. Yeah. And in theory, that should turn those systems off. I'm sure it doesn't. But I did turn it off. I tur- I turned off my like targeted ad, whatever. Yeah. But that, now I'm getting like all my all the ads I'm getting. I'm like, that's weird. Why am I getting an ad? Right, because it because, doesn't because know who you are. No. Yeah. And so it's like it's a little bit like okay, we just I'll just remove that ad, or I'll just say I'm not interested. But right. But it is kind of like okay, it's a little reassuring. So they're not, you know, yeah. Don't know. I'm the kind, I'm the weirdo that's out there. That I'm like I would happily pay five bucks a month for Google mm-hmm. to not get ads. Yeah. I'll right. pay you in money, to, right. not my information. Correct. Yeah. I'd rather just yeah. Just I'd rather just a, a straight up exchange of of yes. Can we handle this like like professionals? Yes. Instead of you just taking all my information and telling me my daughter's pregnant before but, I even know. But that's not as lucrative for them. Yeah. As the model that they currently use. True, because they can sell your information, right? And they can use it. And for they all to kinds multiple of different places. Yeah. Right. 
Oh, I love the world we live in. It's fun, isn't it? I like that we had this article before this that was like, uh, justice is served and all these people. And now it's like, oh, this is this is great. This is really restoring my faith. Th- this is, I guess, Google's second attempt, I think, at an interest-based advertising API. Because the last one, Federated Learning something, it failed. It, it did yeah. not work for them. And it looks like third-party cookies are disappearing near the end of 2024. So they're they're trying to plug that gap, I guess, before that happens. Um so last time they tried this, it failed. It'll be interesting to see if this instance of them attempting to push this this interest-based ad API. They're works. convinced that it will make them a ton of money. So that's why they're continuing to push it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I did find the AWS service. It's a oh, yeah. new one. That's why I couldn't recall it off the top of my head. It's Wicker. Wicker. W- yeah, that is a new W-I-C-K-R. That's, when, um, that's if you're a witch that lives in the South. That's the religion you practice. <laughs> Gotcha. I, I am curious about the origin of the name. Yeah. Must have something to do with encryption. Oh, those Wicker. wickers are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we love Wasn't them. Wasn't there a Wicker Man movie? Yeah. Wicker there was Man. a scary yep. movie. Yeah. yeah. I never watched it, but I yeah, read the I Wikipedia. The Wikipedia said The Wicker. Oh, man. <laughs> well, this is the joke that keeps on giving, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Continue that right through the second half, too. Okay. So, yeah, good. To, fun fact. New uh, new Amazon, new AWS tool. You said it's called Wicker, W I C K R. 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 No yep. E. Yep. Yeah. Because okay. who needs aerodynamic? It would yeah. secure messaging, collaboration, file sharing, screen sharing. So, so you actually just kind of keyed my brain on something I've been thinking about. How like chat speak? You know how basically mm-hmm. we don't really use good grammar and spelling in when we're doing chat, mm-hmm. right? SMS that kind of stuff. And now that's kind of become pervasive and has bled out into email and other forms of written conversation mm-hmm. where people are like, well, it's, it's accepted practice, right? It's kind of like slang in written form and everybody just uses it. But I realized that that is making it easier to like, or more difficult to spot phishing because they use poor grammar yeah. and spelling. Great but point. if everybody has poor grammar and spelling, you'll never catch it. Yeah. Great point. Right. It becomes the common like the, it, it removes it as a form of identify identification of phishing attempts mm-hmm. because, well, yeah, because this is just normal. I know how Joe talks. Yeah. And he's yeah. the worst speller on earth. <laughs> you know, he never uses commas. And yeah, he, he doesn't. He spells like a three year old. <laughs> now that I have uh, chat GPT responding is me. My chats have been just grammar. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Grammatically. They're yeah. also very dramatic. Very descriptive, I'm sure. Yeah. I text you and I, I teams you and I ask, like, hey, are we recording in the morning? And I get a response. Yeah. Thank you so much for that thoughtful and interesting <laughs> yes. question. Yeah. We will go on a journey of education later yeah. today at 2 p.m. We will share our various expertise. On Chat a- GPT is so flowery. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we don't have any. We actually don't have any articles on ChatGPT. Yeah. Shockingly yes, enough, yeah. usually we well, have something, but do not we? not ChatGPT specifically, but AI. Right. Yes. True. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, AI don't spoil up. it. Don't spoil it. That's not till later. Spoilers. For now, I'm very excited about this one. Uh, this next segment is called Don't. Don't. I tried. I had to gear up for it, and I I was too late. Anyway, uh, so this article comes to us from The Verge. Sony's confidential PlayStation secrets just spilled because of a Sharpie. So this is part of an ongoing battle, basically, between Microsoft and the Federal Trade Commission, and then Sony's involved, and Activision's involved. And uh, how, Have y'all been following this at all? I have very little knowledge yeah. about this, other than it is a yeah. thing, and there are. I've seen like plenty of headlines, never court done. cases, and things that are occurring. Depositions, yep. lions and tigers and bears. Oh my! So I spent a lot of time 
the last 24 hours trying to get all the information that I could on this. And I thought it was just going to be a quick little, let's just see kind of what's been going on. But you have become the subject matter expert I, on this. Evidently, yeah, of course, yeah. Watch, I'm going to talk about this and somebody's going to be like, actually, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. I That's guess. called the internet. But yeah, you can't avoid it, right? Yeah. So this all, all of this technically started January of last year because Microsoft announced we're going to acquire Activision. Activision is the company that they make a lot of different games. Call of Duty is probably their most well-known one, but they also make Candy Crush. Fun fact. So Microsoft was like, we're acquiring this company. They, they were going to, they were going to merge, right? So December of last year, the Federal Trade Commission here in the U.S. was like, no, 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 we don't think that's good for consumers. We think this is a bad idea. We want to try to stop it. So they file a lawsuit. But that trial is going to be an extensive trial. It's not set to start until August of this year. So in February, Microsoft announces we've got 10-year deals now with NVIDIA and Nintendo. So now they're allies and they're supporting Microsoft in this whole this whole battle, right? Uh, they're also working on negotiations like in the UK and the EU, trying to convince regulators over there that this is good. The UK said no. They tried to block it. So they're working on appealing that right now. The EU said yes. Microsoft was going to be like, okay, we'll go forward with it. They got approval from a bunch of other countries too. I think Chile and South Africa and Saudi Arabia, among others. And... So now the Federal Trade Commission is like, wait, 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 wait. You don't have our approval yet. We haven't had a chance to have our trial yet. You can't do this. So they filed a second lawsuit in federal court asking for a restraining order and an injunction preventing Microsoft from going forward with this deal until they have a chance to do this case. So that's the background. So Sorry that that wh was long. What I'm hearing is, it's like Microsoft was like, oh, FTC trying to put the kibosh on this. If we get basically group acceptance of this in the other parts of the world, then they'll be kind of like pushed into letting us do this from my understanding and i yeah. think it had the eu not you know, had, had regulators in the eu not said you know this is fine with us yeah. i don't think that this this would be as much of a problem yeah part of the reason microsoft is pushing so hard to get this done is because they've got a deadline of july 18th if they do not finish this deal close this deal by july 18th they owe activision three billion dollars in breakup fees Woo. so they're not trying to pay that right but this trial that, that the ftc is trying to push forward doesn't start till august 2nd so right. they want to you know stop microsoft from doing this so anyway so sony's involved in all this because they came out as a pretty big you know op opposition against you know we don't want this happening yeah and uh it comes down to Call of Duty, apparently, at the end of the day. So this is where I kind of got like kicked into this. Was I saw the thing about the Call of Duty CEO, or so, mm -hmm. right? CEO, and he 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 gave his deposition yesterday or day before, or whenever it was. Um, and I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> and the fact that like Call of Duty is such a monolith yeah. to the gaming industry, like this is the this is the uh, hinge on which all the gaming world like turns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the judge had the same reaction. Apparently, the judge presiding over this case, it was a five-day trial this week that happened that's going to determine whether or not this injunction is granted. And the decision won't come out until after the July 4th holiday. So by the time this episode airs, there, there may be a decision that's, mm. that's come down. But uh, but the judge was like, all of this over a shooter video game? What's the big deal? That's a direct quote from this judge. Oh, I love He's the never judge. Played. He's Me never too. played. She's like, ah, I He's don't get it. never throwing a Molotov cocktail. She, she's, this poor woman's like, she's like, I don't understand. Why is this such a big deal? So anyway. It's, I kind of see him as like a Midwesterner. He's like, yeah, you got that Call of Duty there shooter yeah. game yeah. thing. What's the big deal? I don't understand the problem. Yeah. Well, it's over. I shoot them up the again. Yeah. And the Microsoft lawyer, the, the lawyer for Microsoft at one point was talking about how Sony's concerned that if this merger goes through, that if Microsoft acquires Activision, and both of the, their CEOs obviously have come out and been like, this is going to be good for the industry and for consumers. Sony's concerned, apparently, that if this happens, they will then eventually not have access to, like, Call of Duty won't be available on the PlayStation anymore, right? Sure. Mm. So, and that's a huge cash cow. So is this like a non-compete kind of... 
That was, is that the angle they're it, going at? I, I think they're going, yeah, they're saying that this would be bad for for basically the gaming industry as a whole, specifically yeah. cloud gaming, that yeah. Microsoft's going to try to make this uh, an exclusive, and the Game Pass, too, has become like kind of an issue because there's certain games you can only get if you have the Xbox Game Pass. And so they're concerned that because Activision is going to be acquired by Microsoft, if this deal goes through, they're going to lose access. And Microsoft's like, we don't, we have no motivation to keep Call of Duty off of the right. PlayStation platform, right? That would be so bad for us. And Microsoft, right, well, the money they would miss out on exactly. for all the right. PlayStation, because there are, you know, it's almost like uh, religious sex out there, whether you're Xbox or PlayStation, Nintendo, <laughs> yeah. exactly. right? And and what is heresy to you and what is not? And then you have the PC gamers that are like, you proles, yeah. consoles, you don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Yeah. The, the purest form <laughs> of using religion. If you're keyboard, you're a dumb. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're doing it wrong. Right. That's exactly. right, yeah. But uh, Microsoft's lawyer said, you know, basically Microsoft has no no motivation to do that. And there's a direct quote. She said, uh, they couldn't handle the wrath of the gamers. Yeah. That was a direct quote. And I thought gamers. that was so funny. That it reminds me of like a comic book title. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was <laughs> the so wrath funny. The, the wrath of the gamers. You know, Fast and Furious 2, the wrath of the gamers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this whole thing with, with Sony now being involved, there were some documents they submitted to, to this, this trial, right? And they redacted some things in these documents. And that's what this article is all about. That's why I picked this article because I just, it's just so funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> So it's funny, interesting, stuff. not funny, it's ha funny, ha. Yeah, not funny, ha ha, funny, yeah. weird. So they redacted this information with a Sharpie. <laughs> and when they scan these documents in, you can kind of see through the Sharpie and see the information that was supposed to be redacted. So they took the court rush to get these documents out of the public domain, but it was too late. People already downloaded them. So they're available in this uh, in this Verge article. And a lot of the numbers that people were paying attention to were the numbers surrounding Call of Duty specifically. Because we know this is a big cash cow for Sony, right? Yeah. But specifically, I think one close to one million... PlayStation gamers spent only play Call of Duty. That is the it's, only thing. It spent play. 100% of their gaming time on Call of Duty. Yeah. So I'm like, holy crap. That's already a million gamers. If for whatever reason Sony right. does not, you know, Call of Duty goes bye bye on right. the PlayStation. It's a million people potentially that are right. going to. I guess that would, so place, uh, Sony's argument will be that if they can't get it on PlayStation, then we will lose PlayStation players because they will have to. Right. Jump yep. over to Xbox because yep. it's all they play, right? Because exactly. that's, that's the only way to get yep. to that game. Therefore, you know they will become uh, what's the word um, uh, apostate, yes. <laughs> right? So to continue the religious theme on, on that, yes. yes, they will apostatize from uh, from PlayStation and become Xbox. This and, article uh, was so unintentionally funny. So you redact stuff with a sharpie. Then if you scan it, you can kind of see it. And in their article, they're like, and so it appears to our eyes that they made $15.9 in a year. But it could be 13.9. Yeah. Because the five could be. Yeah, it could be. We Either are way. just like the hack, or not it's hackers, like, just like the public. We're just yeah. trying to read through the Sharpie. It's like either way. that's a, And that's, that's including, you know, the accessories, subscriptions, everything right. else. But I think even just... It says Call of Duty was worth $800 million for PlayStation revenue in just the U.S. during 2021. Yeah. But it is they staggering. Think, they yeah. think the document says $1.5 billion globally, and that's just the game by itself. Yeah. Wow. So that alone is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, that was just in 2021. This is obviously, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a ton of in-app purchases. Right. Oh, I mean, yeah, once you I buy, sure. the game, like there is no yeah. game now that doesn't what, have in-app purchases. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. But what they're doing is buying coins, skins, and stuff like yeah, that. the whole yeah. nine rifle. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you're buying, you're buying skins and things like that. There's there's all kinds of stuff that you know upgrades and things you get inside the game. By the way, quick aside, I, while it was shocking to learn that you know uh, there's so many uh, people that are using their PlayStation for one thing, I then thought about myself. So I have an Xbox. 
And I use it for one thing, Microsoft Flight Simulator. So Really? Yeah. I mean, hmm. I've never thought to load any other game. That's why I bought the Xbox, yeah. and that's all that's on there. I'm surprised. I guess that was an easier solution than like going for a gaming PC. Yeah. I, oh, I also and it's have much, I want a much less expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to see it on my big screen, and I thought, you know, what a cool yeah. thing that it's available for the Xbox now. So hmm. I went and got an Xbox yeah. nice. for that purpose. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're an Xbox guy. For, for at least for that specific for Microsoft yeah. Lights oh, Sim, yeah. Okay, I, I don't like uh I don't have a console at the at this moment in time. Uh I'm found myself to retro game a whole lot more. I really enjoy retro gaming. Um but if I were to get back into console gaming, I'd probably go Xbox. Yeah. I, I personally I'm an Xbox girl, but yeah. that's kind of just by default cuz it's what my older brother had and I, you know, he would get a new console, you know, the the, the newest Xbox. You know what gets me with I with, would get the old one. With PlayStation is their controller. Right, yeah. the 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 whole triangle yeah. circle. Oh yeah, yeah. It you is. know, I'm like, what? What is it? Press the triangle. Where the hell's the triangle? <laughs> 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 like A B X Y. I get. I just A. Bam. Hit it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you gotta translate hieroglyphics to yeah. play to play uh, on. And now I gotta memorize a, a a quadrilateral. I don't know. Yeah. Just <laughs> you gotta memorize. Like, yes, hieroglyphics. A, a new language. Yes. You, you need the Rosetta Stone no. to play the PlayStation. No. So the other thing that I thought was interesting about this, again, these are all, you can go look at the article, There's the documents are there, and this is just their best estimation of what it says, but you can kind of see underneath the Sharpie what, what it probably says. So uh, there was something else that was revealed that Sony only has one more Call of Duty game as part of its exclusive marketing deal with Activision. So that's supposed to be released late 2023. It might be a mobile game, I don't remember. Mm. But but anyway, so or it might be offered as a mobile game, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so if that's the case, then I can see why, you know, okay, well, this is it for us. If, mm-hmm. if something happens and they decide to pull the rug out from under us. The other thing is, uh, apparently half of PS5 owners, in their estimation, also have a Nintendo Switch. Now, because Nintendo signed this 10-year deal with Microsoft back in February, Microsoft acquires Activision, Nintendo doesn't really have to worry as much about this, I don't think, from from what I understand. So who's to say that if you've got half of PS5 owners that also own a Nintendo Switch, and let's just say half of those PS5 owners only play Call of Duty on their PlayStation, mm. if it goes bye-bye on the PlayStation, they just switch, they'd go over to Switch, right? It, it's it's not an issue for them. I'm, I'm wondering if these organizations are not also collecting information about you while you play. Oh. How long you play, what you play, what you're buying. Well, yeah, Almost they have right? to be, right? So... This is obviously, to me, the, the the big thing, is that they are collecting information about you, and that is more important to them than anything. What does that tell you, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Right? That's Keep that in mind. So this is kind of made, I mean, Call of Duty was already kind of at the center of this because that is the big money maker for them. Um, but there's been other stuff that's come up, too. Like Microsoft's CEO, uh, Nadella, I think, mm-hmm. um, he had to testify this week. Bobby Kotick, who's this, I think I'm pronouncing that right, he's the CEO of Activision, he was giving his piece. Um, I thought it was funny. They were, you know, Nadella was testifying. And one of the things that they were talking about is he was mentioning that, he mentioned the mobile games specifically that Activision creates are particularly interesting to him, that that market. Hmm. And uh, the lawyer asked him, do you play Candy Crush? And he was like, yes, actually I do. This is in like official deposition. This was in official. He was being, <laughs> so yeah. Hey, uh, I play that Candy Crush there too, there, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> my nephew really enjoys the Call of Duty, so. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. He's Once like, do you play Candy score. Crush? Yeah. yeah, he's like, you play Candy Crush? And he's like, yeah, actually I do. He's <laughs> a Candy Crush enjoyer. So canonically, that is true. And That's funny. Of course, he got, he got laughs for that. Um, so anyway, I just thought this was interesting because it's such a, it, this is, if it goes through, if this deal goes through, it will be the most expensive t- like, consumer tech yeah. a- acquisition in history to that's like to ever crazy. happen. So if it goes through, even if it doesn't, it's still gonna be pretty expensive. It's gonna yeah. cost Microsoft a lot of money because right. that's three billion. So either bucks. way, or the, yeah. yeah. Either way, this this the ending of this is to our interest. Yeah. This is no small potatoes. No. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. 
obviously for Microsoft and, and Activision because you know they're the central players here. But Sony's not the one leveraging the lawsuit. They're they're there, but right. the FTC is the one that that raised yeah. raised this, this flag in the first place. Um, so maybe this will come back as, as Deja News in the yeah. future. Um, but I, this I look was, forward to seeing the end game. I've got like a whole timeline laid out. I don't think you understand. I got pages got and pages. Notes. Yeah. I got into this. I got stuck in last night. I was and at Starbucks Sophie just hunched over. to redact any portion yeah. of her notes. <laughs> don't use a Sharpie. Do not use a Sharpie. <laughs> I saw a TV infomercial where they were selling a redactor to yeah. senior citizens before you throw it out. Yeah, it, it, and it supposedly redacts. So if you really want to redact something, you use Rid Dye. Huh. Right, you know, you're familiar with RID. So RID is a law for a long time been the if you need to like dye something like your clothes, you go get some RID, you mix your clothes with it, and it dyes it that color. The black on that junk, yeah, will it never not have show anything. Yeah. yeah, so scan it as much as there you go, Sony. That's that's free advice for you. That's get, free. Get yeah, RID. That's free ninety nine. Yeah, that's free ninety nine. What do you what do you say? It's gratis. gratis. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Um, before before we wrap this article, I know we've kind of beat this dead horse a little bit, yeah. but but uh, the other thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to say is that, you know, obviously aside from the concern that what if Call of Duty goes bye bye on the PlayStation, even if that doesn't happen, Sony expressed concern that Xbox might sabotage the PlayStation versions of the game. So it, yeah, I don't know. You're going to give us a crappy version of Call of Duty, and you're going to sabotage us. And of course, Microsoft that doesn't make sense. That would yeah. that would cause you know anger in the gaming community. Right. People would start hating Call of Duty. Right. Because it sucks. There would be an uprising. Right. And if, if they found out, like, oh, it, it always sucks on PlayStation, and Microsoft is like, we, we know they're doing it on purpose, mm. then people are going to like be like, well, screw you, Microsoft. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. People aren't dumb. Yeah. You know? So, well. I mean, there's always going to be a subsection of people that are like, I don't care if they're screwing uh, sure. PlayStation. I just want to play the game. Mm. Microsoft is already making a bazillion from Halo, are they not? Isn't that a Microsoft? Oh, yeah. That's a Microsoft game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I would. How greedy are they? So it becomes like gamification to them. It's not like, oh, I've got enough. I remember the quote of John D. Rockefeller. How much money do you need, sir? And he's yeah. like, just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it's interesting because this the cloud gaming stuff that, that's become so popular over the last several years yeah. is, is also kind of at the center of this. And that's part of why the U.K. blocked it initially. Um, and there were a lot of concerns that were raised by like you know regulatory committees and stuff. Yeah. They're worried about what this would mean for the cloud gaming market that they would then corner the cloud gaming market and have exclusivity for these games. So it'll. I be mean, you would, you would to... think the FTC would have like skin in the game on this. Like Microsoft is a is a U.S. based company, mm-hmm. while PlayStation and Sony, on the other hand, are not. Right. So. That's true. You know, you 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 do yourself a favor, but and the economy in the U.S. a favor. You would think by favoring yeah. them. It sounds like this is one in in a, in a line of cases involving tech giants where the yeah. FTC has kind of cracked down and said like, absolutely not, this isn't happening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So interesting to see how this plays out. Indeed. Hopefully, I am hoping that we get to talk about this more in future episodes because. Like I said, I've got a lot. I've got a lot here. Okay. I could talk about this all day, but I won't do that because then that would be a very boring episode. So we'll go ahead and call it there for the first half of this episode of TechNado. Don't go away. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back with more security news. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. 
Welcome back to the second half of TechNado. We're going to get some more into security news in this half of the episode. And I know I ran a little bit long in the first half, so I'm going to try to make up for that. <laughs> we'll go ahead and I won't waste any more of your time. We will jump right into this next article. This comes to us from Ars Technica. Brave aims to curb practice of websites that port scan visitors. Now, this I, I'm personally not a Brave user. I've heard a lot about it. I know people that use it. Personally, I have not tried my hand at that browser yet. But you guys both have kind of dabbled in this, haven't you? I use Brave quite often. Yeah, okay. and you've been doing so for years. Yeah, you know? for years. I've been using Brave since not immediately after it came out, but very close to it. Was this the browser where you were compensated for using it with Yes, Is yes. That, okay. And I, I think exists? it still has that system built in. Gotcha. I don't partake don't do in it at all because yeah. um, I don't care to. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a cryptocurrency person. Or nor do I care to be incentivized to do X, Y, or Z. You don't want to be uh, gifted crap coin for using <laughs> I don't know where this crap coin is not, honestly. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I, I literally, I, I, I'm, my personality type is one that, like, I am me and I'm going to do me. Yeah, yeah. I don't need your influence. And a browser with this much privacy wrapped around it spoke to you, so. Yes, because yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, correct, because I, I like my personal information Main right. being my personal information. So starting in version 1, 1.54, it says Brave will automatically block website port scanning. Is this something that I didn't realize this was like a common practice? I did yes. not either. This was free. This is a thing, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. To profile you, they are scanning your system like without your permission. Yeah, it's well, like, oh. they, they learn about like what's going on internally on your network. What other systems do you have? Yeah. What other software are you running? Because not only can you do port scans, like what network services are available, but you can also um, utilizing basically JavaScript, the the, the code yeah. that runs the page that you're on. It can even kind of like fingerprint and ID other installed technologies. Like, yeah. are you running things like Jenkins? Are you running a WordPress site? And is that locally installed on My your system? Goodness, right? not good. I'm installing Brave today. Well, that's what I liked about this article was the fact that Brave was like, hey, there are these things that people are doing. We are the privacy-focused browser. By God, we are going to make this thing privacy locked down. And overall, I would say Brave is probably the most privacy-focused thing. You can probably, I say probably, you can build out other browsers to be as privacy-based, but this kind of bakes that in. Yeah. Right? You don't have to, you don't have to hodgepodge it together. They're giving you that. They're focused on making that happen. That's what I like about them. Whether they do that effectively or not, it's maybe up for debate. But the the intent behind it is that we want to give you folks out there that want privacy the privacy you're looking for. We're going to do the best we can to make that happen. This ties in nicely to the article we had earlier in this show about the, uh, hey, don't abuse this tool. You know, yeah. Honor system because they were trying to do the same thing. Fingerprint visitors. Yes. So. So if, if Brave is going to, you know, and this version is going to automatically block this behavior, right? Does that does that mean that if you try to visit a website, like, for instance, it listed a couple websites that apparently were found engaging in this. Chick-fil-A yeah. was one of them, yeah. which is interesting to me. <laughs> Dang it, Chick-fil-A. I had faith in you. So if I try oh. to visit Chick-fil-A's website on the Brave browser and it's trying to port scan me, right, does that mean I won't be able to visit the site at all or just that specific behavior will that, be blocked? That just will not work. Yep. So since that's all run using JavaScript, like... You can go and disable JavaScript in your browser completely if you like. And then you know how when you go to like New York Times ad and it goes, hey, you've already read a bunch of New York Times ads for free and we're a money-based thing. You shut that off, like you only get text. Hmm. And it's a weird internet experience, but it does work. Yeah. yeah. Right? And you can read those ads, you can read those those articles and you won't get a, a blocked page. It'll just pop right up. I've always just opened the source code and then there's the article. 
Yeah. You know, you just drill down to where the article is and control F and read the article and yeah. bypass all those security controls. So there's actually a security framework called Beef that, yeah, B E E F, Beef, that utilizes this for command and control of browsers to, to, to targets through their browsers. You give them a link, they click on the link. It's meant to be like inserted into like a phishing attempt. Somebody clicks on the link, and now you've hooked their browser, and you have a whole uh, inf- uh, framework and infrastructure to send commands, make it do things. Well, like port scan, what ports and stuff are open? You could do that through Beef. These sites are doing it to collect information about you. Like you said, fingerprint the user that is browsing to our site. Yeah. So this is why this is really interesting that Brave is like, nope, not on our watch, buddy. You Good can go in and set settings to make that not occur in your browser or install a plugin to make that not occur. All the brow- you know, I think all the browsers support some plugin is available for them to be able to uh, do this as well. I think Safari also kind of does this not as well, but it does engage in this activity uh, as well, uh, baked in. So I'm just interesting. I, I like where Brave's head is. Yeah. So this isn't the first instance of a browser trying to, to curb this activity or block this activity? Brave's no. not the first to try this. No, they're not the only ones doing it. They're just, the, it seems like they're the only ones. They're the ones that are doing it the best. Oh, okay. Well, good for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah. And uh, it seems like all these techniques, like the uh, Google API we talked about, this technique of the port scanning, they're all attempts to come up with a way to fingerprint users beyond cookies mm. because there's so much, you know, e- even, my, even non-tech people know about cookies now. Yeah. Right? yeah. What does that tell you, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, were you an NPR there for yes. a second? Yeah. Yes. Good times. Good times. <laughs> so it's unfortunate that you even have to worry about something like this, but it it's neat that now, I mean, not the only browser that's doing this, but it sounds like Brave's maybe doing it the best, at least for now. So you have an option to block that activity if you want to. Indeed. And if you're like me and didn't know what was happening until now, now you know that there might be certain websites that are scanning your ports and maybe you feel a little bit violated. Yeah. I feel a little violated. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> I feel <Stop>. I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to be done with that topic. That's, you know. That makes me sad, but I'm glad. Off that, later. Yeah, I'll go download Brave after this and make the switch over from my from my current browser. So we'll go ahead and move on to our next article. This is part of a segment called "Who Got Pwned." Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Indeed. So this article comes to us from Bleeping Computer. Siemens Energy confirms data breach after MoveIt data theft attack. We have talked about the MoveIt data theft attack quite a bit, haven't Man, we? Man, it is the gift that keeps on giving in the security world. I mean, this is one of the more... Man, who didn't they breach? It's probably a, a shorter list than who they did, right? And Siemens, if you're not familiar with Siemens, they are very popular in the ICS and SCADA space, critical infrastructure industry, Right. Uh, automation in those worlds. So the fact that they have confirmed that the Clop Ransom Gang did breach their systems and probably have access to data is is like a real thing. Then uh, what else do they have access to while they're in there? We, we have to wonder these things because if they have access to source code for Siemens PLCs and all the other stuff that they use that's proprietary to their systems, which are in just about every single ICS system in the world, right? It's kind of a big deal. Not only them, though, but Schneider Electric, another huge 
player in the ICS SCADA world. Actually, one of my best friends works for Schneider Electric as a trainer for their systems. And I was like, dude, he came over last night. I mean, his, uh, his family came over and hung out with my family. We had dinner and let the kids play. And I was like, so what's up with the, with the movie thing there? And he's like, what? What's going on? I was like, oh, you haven't heard. And I explained, he, he goes, hold on, I got to text somebody real quick, right? He's like, well, one of my guys that I work with, he's like, that's his thing. So I can't wait to hear back from him on how they're handling that. I got a little inside baseball going on <laughs> when it comes to Schneider Electric. So very cool uh, to have that inside track. But these two major players in the ICS and SCADA place uh, or space is a big deal. What I really found interesting about this article is it is following the... I, I feel like there's a playbook that have has been disseminated between all the major players out there in the world that says, if a data breach occurs, here's what you do. Deny or don't say anything. Wait until you have no choice but to admit that you've been breached, right? This is step two in the playbook. I actually wrote the steps down that I thought that they're going by. Uh, three... Deny that any access to sensitive information or user data yeah. a- a- occurred. Yep. Then you say, well, yes, user information was accessed or sensitive information was accessed, but not not critical information, like not passwords, not this, not the other, right? Only like your name, okay? Then a couple of days later, you admit that, no, it was passwords and stuff, but they're hashed, so don't worry, and then you admit that, you know, they, they, it was weak encryption, so they, they most likely, <laughs> you start to see yeah. the, the, the stairs that they fall down, right? Then after that, you prepare for the supply chain attack. <laughs> and then uh, the last step is cry. Yeah. Uh, so. Can, uh, you, can you take that last step and just kind of spread it out over all the other steps? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can, you can uh, crying is, is uh, acceptable at any given step. At any juncture. It's yeah. like, it's like the stages of grief is yeah. for everybody. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's good. Driver's license information. That doesn't sound important. Not at all. <laughs> so that's, that's never used. No. no that's no. never used. No. You don't what I want with that. Yeah. So they did detail at the end of this article of a bunch of the other instances of, of, uh, Clop, Clop ransomware, right. uh, stealing documents. Right. I like to call uh, them the Clop. The Clop. <laughs> I think Clop, and I think like a horse. I, like that's uh, all uh, I yeah. can think of is the clopping noise. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Like exactly Monty that. Python, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I think of. But yeah, the Clop is good too, I guess. Um, the, the New York City Department of Education said they stole the sensitive personal information of up to forty-five thousand students. Yeah. Mm. So, oh, that's good. Students. Uh, a couple states that said that their their driver's licenses had been stolen in attacks. Um, just yeah. the whole list at the end of this article, if you feel like going to read it. Yeah. Uh, but that critical infrastructure part, like that, that does because out. yeah, you can you got the, all the other attacks that come based off of stealing user identity. But did they? Have, that's what I'm worried about. Did they have access? And will this become a supply chain problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. As we've seen with other, like that's kind of been the trend this year. Has been. The first stage is gain that access. Second stage is once you have access to proprietary software and hardware code, use that to stage a supply chain attack. Yeah. That's that's what I'm hoping does not occur, and that that's not the other shoe that drops. Because if it's in the ICS and SCADA area, that causes major issues a la Colonial Pipeline. Yeah. You remember that? That was like a big deal. And drove gas prices up, caused real problems economically, yep. could cause loss of human life and limb. This this is the this is the thing I'm worried about. Yeah. 
Who cares about some driver's licenses? I don't. Yeah, want that. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong. All stuff, all that stuff is bad. But, but in the grand scheme, right? This is the, the this is the tip of that that uh, yeah. pyramid. Look right. at what just happened with Southwest Airlines. That was supposedly not a hack. That was issues with their systems. Right. But it caused major disruption. Imagine when it is a hack. Right. And they can't get their systems yeah. back online quickly. Nailed it. I do think it's interesting that um, it, there was a, a confirmation, obviously, that, that Siemens was breached, right? Mm. But they say no critical data was stolen. Business operations were not impacted. We'll um, see. No critical <laughs> data compromised. Operations not affected. But then I'm like, okay, so what What was it then that was affected? Yeah, that yeah. was step three of the playbook. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Deny, <laughs> yeah. Deny that anything What's... sensitive or user was accessed. Sounds, sounds a lot nope. like Nope, nothing yeah. wrong here. Because I remember, was it LastPass? Oh, yeah, no, don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then, oh, yeah, you got to worry. Mm-hmm. Oh, then Fortinet. Oh, don't, oh. And, oh then, it's, yeah. it's just what they do. Like, they always start off with, no, 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 no. Did I say that? Yeah, there was a breach, but you're yeah. We you know, know it's bad if you have to read a long, wordy letter from the CEO. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. A lo- and yeah. that's what happened with LastPass. <laughs> or a leaked email to employees or something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's great. That's great to hear exactly who just got pollen this week. Mm. Awesome. Love that critical infrastructure is ho- hopefully not being affected. Cool. Awesome. We'll go ahead and move on to our next article so that I don't spiral too much. Uh-huh. This article comes to us from Ars Technica. Fears grow of deepfake ID scams following progress hack. Hackers might seek to do more than extort companies. More at six. I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll cover it right now. So so Progress Corp is a Massachusetts-based... They, they make software, right? Business they make, software? They make Move It. They make... Oh. This is another fallout from the clop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything's linked in today's. <laughs> it's all connected. Yes, yes. it is all connected. Yeah, yeah. So, huh? Here we go again. Now, what's interesting about this, and it's it's not focused so much on the fact that this was the progress move it clop problem. It is more on next gen threats. Yeah. Right. This is how we're taking the threats that we're used to, traditional threats like identity theft. And identity scams and moving it into the next generation of marrying that with new technologies like AI and deep fix, right? So now we have systems that try to negate um, identity issues through like video, right? Oh, you got to make a video. Don't send me a picture. Send me a video. Well, now we got deep fake. And if I got all the right pieces of information through something like this, and the idea is, is that the Klopp gang really hasn't been ransoming anybody. They thought, that's interesting. Well, what are they stealing from these organizations? Personal data. Okay, well, if you combine those two things together, AI deepfaking and like um, Eleven Labs, voice, all that, and you, you can create a convincing deepfake to steal people's things like pensions, uh, government assistance, right? All these other things... Um, become a part on the table. And this this is a little quote I pulled out from here. It says, the number of deep fakes used in scams in just the first three months of 2023 outstripped all of 2022 and then some, according to the Miami-based uh, SumSub, a verification platform, particularly high growth in Canada, the US, Germany, and UK. So in three months, we have not only eclipsed, but we've gone even farther as far as deep fake scams being on the rise. And now we see them not really going after that traditional ransomware attack, but just kind of like threatening to release these things. There's also, I got to say, there is, I just realized a huge Black Mirror episode plot here. Mm. So you pass away, the AI takes your identity and keeps you alive. 
Yes. How freaky is that? Right. Another quote from the article. This is great. It says, at yeah. California's public employees retirement system, or CalPERS, the clap hackers made off with the personal data of about uh, uh, roughly 770,000 retired members and their survivors. The data of recently deceased Americans was particularly valuable in the black market, said the private cybersecurity official involved in the investigations at several victims. Quote, you can open a credit card in a dead man's name, take out loans, redirect secure, uh, social security payments, sign up for food benefits. Who's going to ring the alarm? Yeah. No one. Because yeah. no one knows. Yeah. They're gone already, and they're taking advantage of that system. So we're, that's why we're seeing this being on the rise. That's why we really need to you know, kind of get ahead of this. We're, we're, we're struggling to play catch up with how fast AI is evolving yeah. and, uh, and progressing. And that's why you got a lot of the like the the main developer of the AI at Google quit and said that we have to stop now. Yeah. Right. It's going it's growing faster than we ever anticipated. And if there it's becoming very accessible. And now we've got, you know, criminal organizations utilizing it for even more advanced criminal activity. We we really need to put the pause button on this so we can gain some more control back over this so we can stop this stuff. Yeah, there was someone that was quoted as saying that they think that it'll be organized crime syndicates that really get the most use out of this to commit global identity fraud right. at, at obviously a massive scale, which is like I, I hear stuff like this and I think of like, you know, individuals, I guess, taking advantage of it. And I completely forget the angle of like organized crime that that this this is a huge thing that they could absolutely take advantage of. It's probably because traditionally we, we see uh, in our mind's eye organized crime as mafiosos. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, hey, hey yeah. you know, not or like the Yakuza. Yeah. yeah so, not. Yeah. Well, they're, they're or classic. Right. They're classic. They're yeah. organized in the sense that they have a large group of people. It's structured hierarchically mm-hmm. and, you know, money kicks up and down. It's almost like, um, you know, like a, a corporate enterprise. Right. Right. But it's made of a bunch of thugs. Yeah. Right. But now we're getting into more sophisticated ideas. Like the idea behind organized crime is that they're very smart uh, technically as well as organizationally. Yeah. And yeah. that that has bred a new level of concern that we we yeah. really got to get ahead of. A lot more crossover and, yeah. between crime syndicates and, right. and cyber criminals. Cy- right. Cyber crime syndicates, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, it's like a Venn diagram. That's yeah, great. It is. Love that. I love that this the, our security articles, it seems like, are always just like, what's going wrong in yeah. the world, which is awesome. Love to hear it. Uh, hopefully, this does not come back as a, as a Deja News article. Hopefully, it doesn't get worse. Yeah. Um, but I can understand why there would be fears of this. Because uh, like you said, if you're dead, you're not going to ring the alarm that somebody's using your identity. You're right. dead. What do you care? Yeah. You know? I heard that like, oh, if you do this game early enough, you might make up to $2 million. Right, because of the longevity. And if you're doing this to multiple people, using multiple identities, yeah. That's just one, right. You're set. You're set for life. Big deal, yep. Oh, cool. New Fear Unlocked. That's awesome. <laughs> so thank you for that one. I think I think Daniel might have picked that article, so thank you yeah, for that. Yeah, it was all me. Yeah, Pre- that was appreciate that. Interesting. With that, I do want to mention that uh, Technado is sponsored by IT Pro. If you're watching on the Technado website, you can look for that big orange button that says sponsored by IT Pro. If you click on that, it'll take you to the IT Pro website. That's our day job. That's what Daniel and Anthony and I do. Uh, and we love it. Well, I speak for myself. I love it. Can't speak for you guys. But if you want to support the podcast, go and check out that website. You can use the code Technado30 if you want a discount on your IT Pro membership. You can also check out ACI Learning's webinars and live on social events. Anthony and I had one a couple weeks ago that was a lot of fun. If you missed it live, you can always check it out on their YouTube channel and their LinkedIn. I also want to mention uh, ACI Learning's got a new thing coming out called Cyber Skills. So this is uh, protecting your business using you know cybersecurity training. And it is really cool. You can watch that webinar to learn more about it or go to the website and check that out. And also, if you will be attending Black Hat in August, ACI Learning is going to have a booth there. It's booth 
1589. That's going to be August 5th through the 10th in Vegas, right? That is, yes, that is in Vegas, right? Yeah. Oh, it was in Vegas. I'm not going, so I don't know. But if you're going to be there, go check out that booth. Say hi. We're going to have some folks out there that would love to talk to you. I think there's going to be a Mario Kart competition, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But with that said, I think that's going to do it for me. Anything I'm forgetting? Good to go. Good to go. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Technado. Thank you for filling in for us, Anthony. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for joining us. Hope you all had a great July 4th holiday, and we'll see you next time.